What's next? This is a question we're all having to ask and answer more frequently. I'm Jenny Blake, your host of the Pivot Podcast and author of Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One. For show notes from this episode, visit pivotmethod.com slash podcast. If change is the only constant, then let's get better at it. Here we go. Welcome, Welcome back, back to part to three, three of our April two, Pivot Insider Call three. with special guest Penny Pierce. I just love her take on everything from finding your home frequency part to three. navigating these wild times that we're in with curiosity and courage. As a reminder, you can join us next month for our Q&A at pivotmethod.com slash insider. And make sure you're also subscribed to my weekly-ish curated roundup of the best of the web, Pivot List. You can learn more and join us at pivotmethod.com slash pivotlist. Now on to part two. You know, when you stop using your own power and willpower and thinking you're doing it and all this stuff clears out of you, then it starts happening by this greater intelligence, um, and with, with the flow is kind of a coordinated consciousness of all the beings that need you to do something. So they give you an idea, then you do it and you give it to them. And then everything's like synchro mesh, you know, yeah. and it starts like going like, like that. And it's all ironic. It, mm. It's like, you think the worst thing is happening, but it's really yeah. the best thing that's happening. You think it's all constricted. It's really expanded. You know, it's like, ah, I almost feel like this yeah. new courageous thing that's coming out. I always used to ask myself, well, what's my next courageous act after I was kind of at a boring point and whatever I was doing. Um, but I really think of it more as just the soul wanting, wanting to do the next thing. It's like, oh, goody, can I do this next? You know, it's not like, you know, like I have to. It's more like uh, the left brain and all those hesitations and yes buts that it holds and shoulds you let go of them so you can see what you really want to do coming through from the true place. And then that it doesn't, it's not courageous anymore. It's curious, adventurous, you know, it's more again about the self entertainment thing, I think. And we're transforming that idea of fear and courage into a natural frictionless self-expression. Well, what did you just write your book about? Transparency. Was Transparency. Your last book. Yeah. And, and that's a word that's being used everywhere. Yes, it, it is. Came out I, right before Trump was elected. So, and I hope it's okay with Joanne. But Joanne and I had a call, and Joanne said, "You can't fake transparency." No, and it's so true. And so I think yeah. now, this time especially, it's like people want transparency; they are demanding transparency. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to show up with that, it's so yeah. obvious. And yeah. podcasting as a medium in general, I feel is relatively transparent. Like you can just hear in someone's voice, whether they're reading from a script or they're not, they're yeah. being authentic or they're not. It's very yeah. hard to fake. I was going to say, Jenny, before yeah. you move on, it's just that I really respect that thing you did about revealing all your monetary thing and what you spend money oh. on and how your money, can, that whole thing was just so unusual for somebody to do. I really respected that talking, talking about transparency. It feels crazy now because I'm like, I, I even for Momentum did my 2019 earnings report and I just did the 10 streams oh, income webinar in early March before all the lockdown. Mm. 
And now I'm like, well, that went out of date fast. Yeah, like, sure did. <laughs> who's going to say right. what 2019 looks like? Like all yeah. that whole pie chart is just gone. It's just right. gone now. So it's like, I mean, thank goodness for multiple streams, but also that webinar is completely, it's just so obsolete for a time like this in a way. I mean, I think some of the business, I know that the business principles we talk about in Momentum and that I shared on that call are so sound. Yeah. They're the only things that are going to keep businesses afloat. And right. yet the actual earnings are just like from another decade, like from oh, another I know. planet. Yeah. Let's when go I get like freaked out about the loss of money, which I've lost quite a bit. Um, I just look outside and I look, the monarch butterflies came back. I keep a seasons journal here to see, well, okay, March, this happens, April, this happens. And the monarch butterflies come in almost to the day in March and they're just everywhere. So they're making their little cocoons all over the place. And life is doing its thing. You know, it's like, that's fine. You know, life is actually fine. So I just tune into that, get myself back into that, and I'm fine too, and it's going to go on and just keep walking, you know. And talk about clearing. If anyone if anyone still had a money trigger left and you thought you had healed it, <laughs> here it goes. Here's the ultimate surrender, non-attachment, you know, having faith. There's been so many moments where I don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. This one's really no different. I mean, it is different, mm -hmm. massively so, but at the same time, it's always, there's always a way through and like hold yes. that state. So Theo, over to you. Hi everyone. Yeah. So I, I'm a software engineer. I've been looking for, uh, I have a job. I've been looking for a new job for about seven months, eight months now, but it's really been like 12 years because I have a chronic illness that I've had for most of my adult life. Started doing self-improvement stuff. And I self-improved. Um, finally started working part-time and doing a bunch of stuff. And um, met Jenny six years ago, which has helped a lot. I've been applying to jobs. It's been difficult for what I'm looking for in the New York City market. And then Corona comes along. And I've applied to 175 jobs. Uh, I've probably interviewed with maybe a dozen or so. I've gotten rejected. I haven't gotten rejected. They they found they decided that I was not the best fit for the job. And then the one job that I really wanted and that I felt was a good fit, I just got an email today that they decided that they're not going to fill a position, which I read to mean that they have a hiring freeze. And this was like, of all the companies that I've even applied to, like this was the fit. It felt right. And, 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 they don't, and, and he specifically says in the email, we're not rejecting you because we didn't think you were qualified. <laughs> Just to be clear, we are not filling the position, which told me even more so that I was one of the top candidates for the position. I found this out a few hours ago. I have one other company waiting to hear from, and given what's happening, I think this is going to – I'm hearing from other people that this is spreading. Right now, like once I read that email, my, my energy went, <laughs> I had to go lie down. I had no energy. I had no desire to do anything. And now, of course, we have this call, and I wanted to come on here because this is, a, this is perfect. Like, this is our work, right? Like, stuff happens, and now we get to work with it. It's just materials, data. You know, I was sitting here listening to, to the conversations and just feeling into my body, and I don't feel like total crap. I used to label it, give it a certain label, like this was a bad thing that's happening, and that 
you know, this energy feels bad or whatever this, you know, I feel bad and I don't, I feel energized. It's like a swirling energy instead of a directed energy. Yeah. So my sense is, is like something's opening up potentially. And I know that I, I decided if I didn't get this job or this other job, I'm going to do certain things. I'm going to start working on certain projects Good. and strengthen my skills in another area and then go in a slightly different direction. And open these. I was going to say something like that, because I, I think that when the old form kind of dries up and it might be temporary for sure, that it, it forces us to, to open our imagination and go straight into the imaginal realm using intuition and saying, so what would I like to do right now? It, it, and it might be that you do have projects or you have, like if you were your own boss and you had your own company and you wanted to start a new innovative project, what would it be? So start the trickle of your genius coming through for something you love. It's not going to make money right now, but it, maybe you allocate a certain percentage of your time to doing you know, something like that. Maybe there's um, a collaboration with another person. Like, for instance, I, I was talking to somebody this morning, and I realized that part of this online thing is that we're meeting up with people that are on our wavelength. The, the groups that are forming are pretty much sorting themselves so that we're connecting with people who are talented or thinking like we're puzzle pieces in a larger puzzle. And I've been writing for years about this thing I got called the convening, where when you get your fields and body stabilized at your home frequency level, then that field actually sorts things for you. And the people who show up are of that frequency. And that means that we're collaborators, that we have maybe different skills that all want to fit together. So I'm starting to see that what this may come up with is um, all kinds of different collaborations that are maybe I'll do something with this person here, a project, and we'll make some money on this webinar, you know, or we'll do this and that and, and make a little money here. It's not just one person. It's, it's, it's like in and out and almost like weave the web together, you know, of these groups. You might look and see, do you have any good ideas for improving the way people do their webinars or whatever is popular right now? Is there something you could come up with or some other, you know, idea that's really timely and just start on it? Because that momentum will be felt in your field by potential employers. But also, you may get money on the side to do something. Yeah. So I mean, that, yeah. that's essentially where I've been coming from. It's yeah. like, uh, there are a lot, of, a lot of software engineers are like, how can I help with this COVID mm -hmm. uh, thing that's going on? How can we develop tools that will help people? Um, right. Increase I, the, I, the I, connections. You know, the overlaps. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. I applied to, on a website, they're working on certain projects, and I've been hesitant to apply to other ones because I was like, I may be getting the job very soon, and then I don't want to start something to stop it. And so this clears that path. Like, this gave me an answer that I was waiting for, uh, and now I'm going to pursue that further. Good. Out. Good. So. Thank yeah. you, PL. Well, Michael, Michael, you can hey. go and then I'll close out. I'll close this out after. First of all, Penny, thank you so much. You think so differently than I do, and I appreciate that so much because it really stretches my brain in directions that I didn't know existed. 
because I'm a physician, I'm a business person. I'm very, yeah. My, I think my side of the brain uh, is very dominated by calculations and de- decision trees mm-hmm. and those kind of things. So uh, I appreciate your you're yeah. pushing me in different directions. So one of the things I wanted to, a couple of things I want to bring up. One, first of all, is is that I do I. Uh, also do talks around transparency. You know, one of the things I've found is that as organizations grow, transparency decreases. And how it's it's amazing to me is if you know if you're if you're an organization of one, you are transparent to yourself unless you're some sort of psychopath. Uh, and if you have a partner, you're pretty transparent. But as you grow, because of complications and communication and those kind of things, we see less and less in transparency. So I. On the medical side, we talk about a culture of safety that's patient-centered, really try to help out patients. And I go out and talk about a culture of transparency. It's interesting because in healthcare, we're trying to be more and more transparent. But actually, the last thing I wanted to talk about really is when you were speaking to me, I'm recalling a book that I read back in college and now that I need to read again was Albert Camus' The Plague. So it was written like in the late 1940s, if I recall correctly. And it's basically a, a... a plague hits this Algerian town, right? And my recollection of this was and some of the things that you mentioned sparked that in me, which was that that there was this that the, this humans are vulnerable, and what happens to the dead. And some comments in that book remember that like all these things happen to us as we're alive, and the dead don't know those things. It was kind of interesting what you were saying, and also that it reminded me that at the same time people are wishing away the virus, or at that point in the book they're sort of behaving as if it didn't exist. And the absurdity of that mm-hmm. and the, f- the sort of in the book, this flexing back and forth of people who are very aware of what's happening yeah. in the plague and those who are not at all. And that sort of you were describing this sort of toroidal kind of image of flexing back and forth. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that if folks haven't read that, it's uh, kind of an interesting perspective and in that, you know, really at the end, the message, even though it talks about an absurdity of life, it really, I think the message is that we should turn away from judging others during these crisis times and really embrace um, like gratitude and, and, and joy in the fact that we are part of the living it's because the dead don't know that this too will pass, right? They, they only lived during the time of the plague uh, and they didn't see when, what happened to the, at the end. So again, more than anything, I wanted to say I appreciate the way you think because... Well, I have many those, thoughts about what you just said. If you, so different than what I want am. want me to so different. comment... Yeah. So, you know, I threw threw a lot at you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. I think that the dead do know a lot about what's going on. There's a lot of telepathic resonance and between people who are alive and in their, in our higher realms, in our dream states, a lot passes back and forth. So it's not like the dead are like totally unconscious. It's our, it's our non-physical life is what it is. You know, we have physical life and non-physical life and, you know, right now the physical life seems dominant, but once you pass through, then the non-physical life is dominant, and the the waking life seems like a kind of a weird dream. Um, and I also think transparency in organizations—it's not about size so much; it's about um, old perception and new perception, which I write about a lot in my book *Leap of Perception*. Um, that we're moving out of linear thinking and left brain thinking, and we're integrating right brain perception, which is the intuition and putting them together, which is also the merging of the non-physical and physical worlds into the same one reality. And so it, it depends on leadership, I think, a lot in the beginning stages 
is that it, as the leaders become more transparent, meaning that they are not holding fear and clutter and negative, you know, subconscious blocks and stuff, and they're clearing themselves, then they become able to transmit really clear win-win-win kind of ideas, which then will help open the people around them into that kind of thinking. And then it's kind of like a contagion itself, and it will pass into the organization, and you will have a collective consciousness of open-minded, clear people eventually. I don't think it works the other way, but it does work the other way in the old perception where fear dominates. So it's about really balancing ourselves and then taking roles as thought leaders and leaders in general to help communicate how this thing works, how this transformation of consciousness is actually happening and what it's like after things shift. Reality, everything looks, um, like I said, ironic. It looks like it was one way in the old reality. It's like, wow, it's this other way in the new reality. Oh, my gosh. We couldn't have ever suspected, you know. Um, I love what you said. And it strikes me, too. You talked about the habits we're building and that transparency is a habit. It's a practice. You're not transparent or you're not. It's every day. As you said, Penny, what is the one courageous next step I can take? And I also ask myself and even within the context of all the work I do, whether it's the podcast, Insider, Pivotless, Momentum, how can I be transparent today? Or what can I, uh, truth while it's fresh? Yeah. A lot of it has, you know, transparency is a lot about exposure, letting yourself be exposed. And even your flaws and fears and things, because everybody else has got theirs, you know. And if you're not... Um, holding those as negativity, then other people won't hold it as negativity. You know, it's like, it's all, it's just all one reality. What you do is what the world around you does. And it's, you start seeing that and then you go, oh, it's not that important to hide <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. So. Absolutely. Penny, this is so amazing. I'm watching the comments. I, I speak for myself and, and all of us when I say thank you so much. And there's a lot to discuss here. So maybe we'll get to have you back for a future <laughs> well, insider call. We'll get into a few more drill downs into other yeah. topics. <laughs> it would be great to keep the conversation going if you're open to coming back yeah. at some point. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Love it. Amazing. Thank you yeah. so, so much. It was and, good to see all of you yeah. and, and meet some of you. You thank too. You. And everyone says in the chat, thank you. Really enjoyed. <laughs> and uh, thank you so, so much. Wow. What a beautiful just you have a beautiful mind, Penny Pierce. Michael said it. You think so differently. And it's so inspiring. I heard myself say to myself the other day, I have a happy chest. And I went, yeah, oh, like, <laughs> like, I have my chest is happy. That's so nice. <laughs> they used to tell us in yoga, my yoga class, smile with your collarbones. So <laughs> you have a happy chest and we can smile with our collarbones. Right, right. Remember, praise all of a tiger camel to the post. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, Thank you, Penny. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Pivot Podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips and templates by signing up for Pivot List a curated twice-monthly newsletter where I share the inside scoop on what I'm reading, watching, listening to, and the latest tools I'm geeking out on. Sign up at pivotmethod.com slash pivotlist. 
Get show notes from this episode at pivotmethod.com slash podcast and connect with me on Twitter at Jenny underscore Blake. Remember, build first, then your courage will follow. Hasn't it always?